0: In Alhamdalilla, Nahmedu, who and Estaino, who and Estofero, when I overbilla him in Shururi and Fusina, women say Yati Armalina, Menyadi <mattresses> Hilla, who feller mobilla, woman you will feller her deella, Wash Hado and La Illa, who wached the Hula Sharikella, Wash Hado and Mohammed and Abedo, bad. So last time we had started the chapter Babu Maja of Ria the chapter regarding showing off this minor, this uh, hidden type of shirk. We mentioned that shirk is two types. There is the apparent and open shirk, and that is what occurs in your actions of slaughtering and other things for other than the sake of Allah, clearly seen and visible. And then there was the concealed and hidden form of shirk. And that is what is within the intentions of the people, their intent, their objectives, their goals, and that is not known to the people. So showing off falls under that category of hidden shirk, because it is not open to see. Someone is worshipping and praying, you don't know what is in their heart, if it is sincerely for Allah, or if it is being done upon showing off. So we had been speaking about the ayah. Then let him do the righteous actions the ayah mentions. Do the righteous actions. And this is mentioned in the Quran in multiple places where Allah states that you must do the righteous actions. But what are the righteous actions? عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Then let him do the righteous actions. What is considered a righteous action? As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, وَالْعَمَلُ لَا يَكُونُ صَالِحًا إِلَّا إذا فيه شرطان. Any action that you do will not be considered salih Righteous and good, unless there are two conditions in place with regards to it. Ashartul awwal, the first condition is, Al-ikhlasu lillahi azza wa jalla min al-riya'i wa sum'ah, wa min jami'i shirk al-akbar wa al asghar That a person is upon sincerity to Allah. For an action to be righteous and accepted, it must have two conditions. The first is sincerity to Allah. So that your action is free of any type of showing off or any type of desire for praise from the people. It is free of that. Your action is being done sincerely for the sake of Allah alone. والشرط الثاني the second condition أن يكون موافقا أن يكون موافقا لسنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that it is in accordance to the sunnah of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم خاليا من البدع والمحدثات والخرافات. It must be free of any innovation or newly invented matters or deviations of any sort. It must be free of those. It must only be upon the sunnah in accordance to what the Prophet ﷺ taught. أَمَّا إِنْ اِخْتَلَّ شَرْطٌ من هذين الشرطين فليس If one of these two conditions is missing, then the action will not be considered as righteous. The two conditions, sincerity and following the sunnah in your worship. If the sincerity is missing in your worship, or if the following of the sunnah is missing in your worship, then your worship will not be considered as righteous. Both of those conditions need to be there for it to be considered as salih, righteous, sincere to Allah and that you follow the sunnah in how you do the worship. If the first condition is missing, which was what ikhlas. ikhlas sincerity if that's missing you do your action with the second condition there you're following the sunnah but you miss the first condition it is not being done sincerely for the sake of allah then that action the ruling upon it as the sheikh mentions is that it is ruined it is finished it is destroyed why because if you're not doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah, then your action, it is either hypocrisy or shirk or something of that nature. If it's not being done for the sake of Allah, then for the sake of who are you doing it? That action will not be acceptable, that action is ruined. If the action is missing the first condition of doing it sincerely for Allah. وَإِنِ ومحدثات ومخالفات فهو مردود باطل. If the second condition is missing, the first one is there. You do your action sincerely for the sake of Allah, but the second condition is missing. In that case, your action is sincere to Allah, but it is an innovation. It will become an innovation, because now you will have done something sincerely for the sake of Allah, as you may claim, as you may say, but the second condition is not in place, you have not done this action in accordance to what the sunnah prescribed, hence it becomes an innovation. لِقَوْلِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Due to the statement of the Prophet Man مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدْ Whomsoever does an action which is not from our religion, then it will be rejected. وَفِي رِوَايَةً And in another narration مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَ مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدْ Whomsoever brings about something new into this religion of ours, into this Sharia, which is not from it, something which is not from it, then it will be rejected. فلا يكون العمل صالحا إلا إذا توفر فيه هذان an action can therefore not be righteous unless it has these two conditions in it. Allah said in the Qur'an, أَلَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ It is Allah the one who created death and life to test you. Which of you is the best in action? It is Allah who created death and life to test you. Which of you is the best in action? Al-Fudail ibn Iyad, rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned. The meaning of this is, wa the action that is the most sincere and the most correct, i.e. upon the sunnah. قَالُوا, they said to him, يَا أَبَا عَلِي وَمَا أَخْلَصُهُ Aswabu They said to him, أَوْ أَبُوْ عَلِي الفضل ibn What is the most sincere and the most correct of actions? What do you mean that it has to be the sincere and the correct? قَالُ أَخْلَصُهُ أَنْ يَكُونَ خَالِصًا لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ The sincerity of it, that it must be upon the sincerity, meaning sincerely for the sake of Allah. أَخْلَصُهُ That it is upon the, sincerer, the sincerest of it. And that is sincerity to Allah. وأصوابه, that it must be upon the most correct action i.e. أن يكون صوابا على سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that it must be correct in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فإن العمل إذا كان خالصا ولم يكون صوابا لم يقبل because if an action is sincere but it is not correct upon the sunnah then it will not be accepted وإذا كان صوابا ولم يكون خالصا لم يقبل and if the action is correct in accordance to the Sunnah, but it is not upon sincerity, then it will not be accepted either. It will only be accepted if it is sincere and correct in accordance to the Sunnah. Then Allah said in the Quran, "وَلَا يُشْرِكْ رَبِّهِ ahada. And do not commit shirk in the worship of your Lord alongside him with anyone. Do not associate any partners to Allah in the worship of your Lord. min dalika And from amongst the types of affairs that could be considered in that ayah, from the types of shirk that a person may fall into, and يُرَائِي amalihi That you show off with your action o you or that you make heard your action, you speak about it, and you want the people to hear about it I praise you if the person shows off with his action or speaks about it to boast about it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will nullify his action and reject it. So when Allah said Wala Yushrik bi-ibadati ahada, do not associate any partners in Allah in His worship, then Ahadan as they say, fi siyaq it is an indefinite word in the context of negation or prohibition. It therefore is generalized over every aspect. So do not commit any shirk, i.e. any, any form of shirk. Whether it is worshipping the idols, the statues, the prophets, the angels, whatever the mushrikeen used to do. Any form of shirk or any other type of showing off or whatever it may be, then it is not acceptable to enter in. فَاللَّهُ لَا يَقْبَلُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ مَعَهُ أَحَدٌ لَا مِنَ الملائكة وَلَا مِنَ الْرُّسُلِ وَلَا مِنَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَلَا مِنَ الْأَحْجَارِ وَلَا مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَلَا مِنَ الْإِنسِ Allah will not be pleased, is not pleased, that any type of shirk is committed alongside Him, whether it is with the angels, or the messengers, or the righteous and pious, or the stones, or the trees, or the jinn or the humans. No shirk is acceptable whatsoever. فَهَادَا فِيهِ رَدٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّمَا الشِّرْكِ عِبَادَةُ الْأَصْنَامِ فَقَطْ This is therefore a refutation of those people who say that shirk is only if you worship the idols. أَمَّا أَنَّ تَقَرَّبَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَنَتَوَسَّلَ إِلَى اللَّهِ بِأَوْلِيَاءِ وَعِبَادٍ صَالِحِينَ بِأَوْلِيَاءَ وَعِبَادٍ صَالِحِينَ فَهَذَا لَيْسَ مِتْلُ عِبَادَةِ الْأَصْنَامِ They say, shirk is only if you worship idols. As for going to the graves of the righteous and the prophets and the messengers, that isn't shirk. They say that isn't shirk, going to the grave of the prophets, making dua there. Going to the graves of the other prophets and messengers and the righteous, the, the imams, the peers, they say. Going to that grave, how is that shirk, they say. Shirk is when you go to the idols and prostrate to the idols, they say. But this is proven as falsehood. That is an incorrect and mistaken understanding. How do we know? This ayah is one proof. Do not commit shirk alongside the worship of your Lord with anyone, anyone, stones, trees, idols, prophets, angels, anything. On top of that, we know that this differentiation that they make when they say to you that shirk is only if you worship the idols, not if you go to the graves of the prophets and the righteous people. That is a mistake from them because even the mushrikeen used to make that type of claim. They used to say that they go to these graves, and they go to the graves of the righteous. They used to go to the uh, uh, prophets and messengers graves, the righteous people's graves. They used to call upon the angels. They used to do all of these things. It wasn't just idols and statues that they used to go to. They used to go to all of the various different types of shirk, including they used to call upon the prophets and the messengers, including they used to call upon the angels. So now when these people nowadays say, you can't say shirk if you go to the grave of a righteous man. The mushrikeen used to go to the graves of the righteous men. And they used to say, "Mana illa We do not worship them, except that they bring us closer to Allah. Haula These are our intermediaries between us and Allah. That's what they used to say. They used to go to the graves of the righteous and the prophets and the messengers. And they used to say that these righteous people are our intermediaries between us and Allah. They will get us closer to Allah. They will speak on our behalf to Allah. And now what the people do is exactly the same. They say to you, go to the graves of the righteous, the peer, the imam, and make your dua to him. You're not worshipping him. He's just going to take your dua to Allah for you. You are a sinner, you do so many sins, you do so many wrongs, how is your dua going to be accepted? You have to go to the grave of the righteous man, make the dua to him, you're not worshipping him, you're just making dua to him so he can take it to Allah for you. That is exactly what the mushrikeen used to say at the time of the Prophet Sallam. that is exactly what they used to do. So the shirk of these people and the shirk of the mushrikeen is exactly the same. So then the Shaykh goes on to mention, وَلَا تَفْرِيقَ فِي ذَلِكَ بَيْنَ الْأَصْنَامِ وَبَيْنَ هؤلاء وَالصَّالِحِينَ والأضرحة. There is no difference, there is no differentiation between the idols or the awliya of Allah, the righteous people, or the shrines. كُلُّهُ دَاخِلٌ في قوله تعالى. All of that enters into the statement of Allah. Is inclusive within the statement of Allah, "Wala yushrik bi qibada tibabbihi and do not commit any shirk in the worship of your Lord with anything. Then we come to the next narration, Hadith of Abu Huraira, رضي anhu. عنه. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه مرفوعا. قال الله تعالى اَنَا أَغْنَى الشُّرَكَاءِ عَنِ الشِّرْكِ مِنْ مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا أَشْرَكَ فِيهِ غَيْرِي تَرَكْتُهُ وَشِرْكَهُ Allah said, I am free of needing any partners. I am independent and free of needing any partners. And of any shirk free and independent and not in need of any shirk or any partners that people take. Whomsoever does an action and commits shirk in it alongside me, i.e. associate partners alongside me in that action of his, taraktuhu. I will leave him. O Washirkahu and his shirk. I will abandon him and his shirk, the one who associates any partner alongside me in any action of worship that he does. So when Allah said this in the hadith, that is therefore known as what type of hadith? Hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi. And one of the reasons why they say a hadith Qudsi is known as a hadith Qudsi, is from the word Quds in Arabic or Qadas which means sacred. That's one of the explanations they give for why a hadith Qudsi is known as a hadith Qudsi, because that means sacred hadith. Why is it a sacred, sanctified hadith? Because it is the speech of Allah. It is Allah speaking in that hadith. This is a hadith that the Prophet narrates from Allah directly. That is one explanation. So in this particular hadith, what the Prophet narrates from Allah. In fact, the Sheikh mentions it here too. Al Quds nisba ila al Quds. It is an association to Quds. Wa huwa wa al-tanzih. And that is sanctity, something sacred, pure. Because Allah is uh, sacred and sanctified, meaning pure and Free of any deficiency and any shortcoming. So the hadith Qudsi is named for that reason. What are the differences between a hadith Qudsi and the Quran then? The Quran is the speech of Allah too the Hadith Qudsi is what the Prophet narrates directly from Allah this is Allah now mentioning in the Hadith I am free of any type of shirk and the partners they make and whoever does any action commits shirk in it alongside me I will leave them and their shirk what is the difference between this type of Hadith and the Quran Then there are several differences Several So the recitation is a difference You couldn't recite a Hadith Qudsi In the prayer after the Fatiha And say that I've recited the speech of Allah The Hadith Qudsi is not recited in the same way As the Quran is recited in the prayer etc The Hadith Qudsi does not have the reward Attached to it In terms of reciting it as the Quran does Every letter 10 rewards That isn't applicable to a Hadith Qudsi. So there are differences regarding the Hadith Qudsi and the Qur'an. Even though the Hadith Qudsi is what the Prophet ﷺ narrates from Allah. And then there's also a difference regarding the scholars they mention. Is a Hadith Qudsi the actual words of Allah or is it an expression of the words of Allah? Meaning, are they the direct words of Allah, or is this the Prophet narrating to us what Allah said to him? So there are differences like that too. Uh, What is the difference between... uh, Well, leave that aside. The next bit, قال الله تعالى هَذَا فِيهِ إِثْبَاتْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَتَكَلَّمْ So there is an affirmation in this that Allah speaks. There is an affirmation that Allah speaks, one of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says in this, aghna أَغْنَ an al-shirk." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ghaniyun an ibadati khalqihi وَإِنَّمَا أَمَرَهُمْ بِعِبَادَتِهِ لِمَصْلَحَتِهِمْ لَهُمْ Allah is not in need of the worship of His servants. Allah is not in need of our worship to Him. Rather we are in need to worship Him. That is for our benefit to worship Him. Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is not in need of our worship. Hence it is mentioned in the hadith, wa wa insakum wa jinnakum If all of you from the jinn and the humans from the beginning to the end were upon the most righteous heart, it would not increase in my kingdom anything. So our worship is not needed by Allah. Our worship is needed by us, ourselves. It is for our benefit that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لأنهم محتاجون إلى الله Because we the servants are in need of Allah. وَلَا يُقَرِّبُهُم مِّنَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْعِبَادَةِ And nothing gains closeness to Allah for us, (coughs) except our worship. We gain closeness to Allah through our worship. فعبادتهم لله من أجل مصلحتهم من أجل أن يغفر الله لهم وأن يرزقهم وأن يدخلهم الجنة. so the benefit is for us that Allah forgives us and gives us sustenance and enters us into paradise. فالصلح من عبادتهم عائدة إليهم. so the benefit of worshiping Allah returns back to us. أما الله سبحانه وتعالى فإنه لا تنفعه طاعة الطاعين. As for Allah, it does not benefit him, the ones who worship him, and neither does it harm him, the ones who disobey him. That does not benefit nor harm Allah. It is our benefit and harm that it comes back to. يَقُولُ If you disbelieve, then Allah is independent and free and not in need of you. And Allah is not pleased for His servants to commit kufr. And if you are grateful, Allah will be pleased with that for you. Uh, so in this ayah, and in the ayah that follows, Allah uh, in, uh, in another ayah, Allah mentioned regarding Musa alayhi salam, وَقَالَ مُوسَى And Musa said, إِن تَكْفُرُوا أَنْتُمْ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ جميعا Fa'inna Hamid. If you commit kufr, disbelief, and all of those who are upon the earth, everyone if they committed kufr, حَمِيدٌ Allah is free of that, independent of that, He does not uh, is not affected by that. If all of the people committed Kufr it would not impact upon the kingdom and the Dominion of Allah. So we are the ones in need of that worship. إذا فعبادة الناس لله يرجع ثوابها ويرجع خيرها إليهم. so the reward and the goodness of worshiping Allah returns back to us. Therefore الله عنها عمل عملا مع الله لا فيه شرك وإنما any action which is done that has shirk in it then Allah is completely free and independent of that and is not in need of that. Because if Allah is not even in need of the genuine sincere actions we do, it does not benefit Allah, then of course the ones that we commit shirk in, that has no impact either. So Allah is not in need of those actions and will not accept them. He will only accept the actions that are sincere. And within this comes the issue of showing off. The one who shows off, then his action is not sincere to Allah. Allah. So then the hadith it mentions, Tarak'tuhu wa وَشِرْكَهُ I will leave him and his shirk. This is a proof that the action is ruined. The action is finished. The action is not acceptable. I will leave him and his shirk that he commits. That shirk, whatever form of that shirk it may be. فَالشَّاهِدْ مِنْهُ لِلْبَابِ أَنَّ الْرِّيَاءُ نَوْعٌ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ يَرُدُّ الْعَمَلِ So the point being here that showing off is a type of shirk And if it mixes in with your actions Then the action will not be accepted And it will be cast back upon the person Allah will not accept the action which is done showing off And which is not done sincerely for him Then we have the hadith of Abu Sa'id Marfu'an. أَلَا أُخْبِرُكُمْ بِمَا هُوَ أَخْوَفُ عِنْدِي مِنَ الْمَسِيحِ الدَّجَّالِ Shall I not tell you what is more fearful, what I consider to be more fearful and more afraid upon, than even the Dajjal? قَالُوا بَلَا They said, of course, tell us. قَالَ الشِّرْكُ الْخَفِي The Prophet ﷺ said, the concealed shirk. يَقُومُ الرَّجُلُ فَيُزَيِّنُ صَلَاتَهُ لِمَا يَرَى مِن نَظَرِ رَجُلٍ إِلَيْهِ An individual, a man, he stands to pray and beautifies his prayer because he sees another man looking at him. He notices that he is being seen. So as a consequence, he beautifies his prayer and this is the minor shirk. So here the Prophet ﷺ said, Shall I not tell you of something which is more fearful to me for you than even the Dajjal? And the reason why the Prophet said this to them وسلم, is because on one occasion the Prophet came out to his companions and they were talking about the Dajjal. The Prophet on one occasion came out to the companions and they were talking about the Dajjal. سبب هذا الحديث أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خرج إلى أصحابه وهم يتحدثون عن الدجال وعن فتنته وكانوا خائفين منه. So the companions were talking about the Dajjal and the fitna of the Dajjal and they were fearful of that. So when he came out and he heard them saying this, he said, "Allah عَنْدِي مِنَ الْمَسِيحُ الدَّجَّالِ Shall I not tell you something which is more fearful upon you than the Dajjal itself? Something that I have more fear for you upon than the Dajjal itself? They said, yes, of course. So then he told them ashirkul khafi, the concealed shirk, the hidden form of the shirk. A man stands to pray and then he beautifies his prayer. Beautifies his prayer because he sees another person looking towards him. So this therefore indicates that showing off is a concealed form of shirk. It is shirk khafi. And the reason why it is concealed is what? Because shirk, uh, showing off, is in the heart. It is in the intention of the person. Somebody could be praying and you have no idea whether he's being sincere or he's showing off. So that is in the heart of the person. Hence, it is a concealed form of shirk. Showing off is a severe sin. And that is proven by this hadith. Because in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says that there is something more fearful upon you than Dajjal itself. Dajjal is, to be, uh, is, a, is something fearful uh, to be afraid of. The fitna of the Dajjal. But the Prophet says there is something more than that. And he mentions the example of the minor shirk, the showing off. This showing off, therefore, is a severe action of evil. It is an action which is severe in its evil, such that the Prophet gave them this example that there's something even more frightening upon you that you may fall into, and that is the showing off. Consider as well. Who did the Prophet ﷺ say to? Who was he talking to when he said to them that I fear upon you, you may fall into something even more fearful or upon you than the dajjal? He was talking to who? The companions. So if the companions were being told this, that I fear upon you, falling into showing off, then what about the rest of us who come after the companions? This indicates to us how dangerous this action is, that the Prophet ﷺ was warning them so severely regarding it. وفي الحديث دليل على خطورته لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خافه على أفضل هذه الأمة وَهُمُ الصحابة. The Prophet ﷺ was fearful that this may occur to the best of this ummah, the companions. فكيف بغيرهم؟ So what about the others besides them? And the Prophet was afraid for them regarding showing off even more than the Dajjal, <coughs> the, the fitna of the Dajjal. من because there are so few people who are saved from this issue of showing off. So many people, they fall into that desiring and wanting praise from the people. Desiring and wanting the people to raise them, to praise them, to speak good of them, to speak of their knowledge, to speak of their recitation, to speak of their worship. It is something that the soul, it whispers and the shaitan whispers to the person. Hence, there are only few, small numbers of people whom Allah has blessed, that they keep themselves out of this affair of showing off. And this desire to gain the praise of the people and to have the heads of the people turned towards them. As for the fitna of the Dajjal, that is more restricted because that will only occur to those people who are alive and present at that time. Whereas showing off all throughout the ummah, it's something which can impact any Muslim anywhere, all throughout the centuries. So that's why it is so dangerous. So, to summarize this chapter and the points of benefit so far in this particular chapter, which was talking about the showing off. Firstly, at the beginning of the chapter, we learnt and we recognized and we realized that the Prophet ﷺ is human like the rest of us. ma ana بَشَرُ I am a human like the rest of you. So we learned that the Prophet ﷺ, he is human in that respect, eats and drinks and sleeps etc. Becomes tired, becomes fatigued. As for his superiority upon us, that is due to him being selected as the final messenger, the best of creation. But otherwise we do not exaggerate And say that he's made out of light Or that he walked without a shadow Or other affairs of exaggeration Secondly يستفاد أن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم بُعِثَ إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ عَنِ الشِّرْكِ بِاللَّهِ The Prophet was sent To give da'wah to tawheed And to warn and prohibit shirk كَمُهِمَّةِ just like it was the task of all the other prophets and messengers besides him. We also learned from this, the importance of sincerity in your actions. And we also learned from this, with that, the importance of clinging to the sunnah in the actions that you do. And that is mentioned in the famous hadith of Al-Irbad ibn Sariyah when the Prophet mentioned to them, bi sunnati wa al wa Upon you is to cling to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me. Stick on to it and bite onto it with your molar teeth, and do not and be warned. From the newly invented affairs, for indeed the newly invented affairs are misguidance and every misguidance or are innovation and every innovation is misguidance. So that was a warning from the Prophet of performing actions outside of the Sunnah. So we learnt the importance of sincerity and the importance of the second pillar which is required for the worship to be accepted, and that is sticking and following the Sunnah in doing it. Also, we learned from these narrations that Allah is not in need of our worship. It is not Allah who is in need of our worship. It is us ourselves who are in need of our worship. It is for our benefit that it returns back to us. Also, we learned from this, the severe warning against showing off. The severe warning against showing off, because as we saw there at the end... The Prophet ﷺ said to them, I fear this upon you even more than the fitna of the Dajjal itself. I fear this upon you even more than the fitna of the Dajjal itself. And that is because the fitna of the Dajjal will be restricted to a certain time and the people who are alive then. Whereas the fitnah of showing off, it is something which can impact the people throughout any time, any place. Any Muslim could be impacted by that. Hence, As shaykh al-Fawzan said, there are only so few people. Who keep themselves out of this issue of showing off and desiring and wanting the praise of the people. So that is the chapter regarding showing off. And that indicates to you that from the perfection of Tawheed is to abstain and to refrain from any form of showing off. Any form of desire of wanting praise. The perfection of Tawheed is to sincerely make all of your worship purely to Allah alone. And that is the purpose of that chapter. The next chapter, we'll start next time then. باب من الشرك إرادة الإنسان بعمله الدنيا From shirk is that a person intends some worldly benefits from his actions. You're doing some worship, but your intent really is to gain some worldly benefits, some position, some money, something of that nature. And that can be a form of shirk. If your worship is being done, But with that intent to gain some worldly benefits too. So what does that mean and how does that mean? We'll start with that next time. And that next time will now be in a few weeks. It will now be after Hajj, after Eid, inshaAllah. The next three weeks are going to be postponed. The next three weeks are postponed because of traveling, uh, Hajj, etc. So after that, on October the 11th, October the 11th, insha'Allah. Make a note in your diaries, in your phones for October the 11th, insha'Allah we'll come back on October the 11th to carry on. So you have three weeks now to revise over Kitab al what we've done so far, revise over the chapters we've studied so far, three weeks to examine your work so far. And then we'll carry on and finish off the remainder of the chapters beginning from October the 11th, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu wa wa